I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello, fantasy managers, and welcome to the round 23 preview episode of the MLS Fantasy uh, Insider. Reed, we lost All rats. I forgot push to talk as well. We'll we'll just we'll just try that one more time. That was that was like the the little the test run. Uh, for those of you in chat with us, listen and see if you can tell the little uh, Easter egg that I'm putting into this intro tonight. So let me know. All right, here we go. One more time. <clears throat> Hello, Fantasy Managers, and welcome to the Round 23 preview episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider. This episode is brought to you by the Petkey Retirement Planning Program. Get your freshly printed pamphlet from Trey today. Wait, no, wait, no, 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 no. Uh, actually brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly, from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by my partners in fantasy, Michael Denton and Blaine Riffle. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing doing I'm well. Good. Talking beer in the chat, so I'm a little distracted, because I'm, I'm always up for a good talk discussion about Abita. And after the fantasy week I had, I need some. Beers and board games and fantasy. Maybe that's going to be the secondary <laughs> podcast that we, that we talk about. Uh... We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, like Mike said, for those of you listening out in SoundCloud right now, thank you again for listening to us. We always have several hundred uh, listens throughout uh, the season, well, throughout the, the episode and, and thousands throughout the, the year. So thank you so much for tuning in uh, on SoundCloud or Spotify or iTunes or Stitcher or however you choose to listen to our podcast. I appreciate it so much. Uh, but if you do ever have time, we usually record around 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Mondays. And uh, that's when we have people who join us in, in live chat. So it's on YouTube. The video quality is a little suspect right now, and I so apologize for that. It's because YouTube just knocked my feet right out from under me and and canceled hangouts and so we're trying to get some stuff going with obs studio and discord right now i may try some something different in the future so if you're listening and uh, you maybe could help me with something like this uh feel free to send me a, a, an email hit me up on twitter let me know if you maybe have an idea about how i might be able to fix my streaming woes so we can get this good video quality back so uh, again, thanks to everyone in chat who's here, and, and Blaine and Mike. We're running with just the two of you tonight because, again, I, I wanted to wait until we got some of this stuff figured out before we had another guest on. But uh, we've, we've got some Patreon people coming up in the future as we're winding down. We're, we're in the final stretch, the final stretch of games. How does that make you all feel? Sad, but it's it's been entertaining from watching perspective. Um, you know, the Atlanta New York City game, even as bad as New York City played, it was exciting. Uh, kind of a bunch of craziness around the league. You know, games matter more now. Teams are starting to get eliminated or fighting against elimination. So, um, I'm excited for the next two two months of soccer. Um, but it, it it is sad that it's all going to come to an end much sooner than I wanted to. Yeah, same. I'm kind of sad to see this season go. There's been a lot of crazy ups and downs this year, and teams that we didn't expect to be in the hunt are kind of surging late, and it's really anything can happen in both conferences right now. As a Kansas City fan, i got to say I'm kind of ready for this season to be over with. It's just <laughs> gone from bad to worse at times, and Fermi's needs to rebuild, and I can't wait to see it happen. Yeah, for sure, Blaine. That was one of the things I was going to mention, that uh, things do go crazy near the end of the season, and I think Sporting Kansas City has been a prime uh, representation of that. But things go crazy fantasy-wise as well. We've seen a couple of pretty wild weeks, and this week was no different. So let's start talking about uh, our Round 23 review, and everyone in, in chat right now, uh, start thinking about... 
uh, which you want to ask, we'll, we'll throw it to you to get your fantasy moments and, and surprising takeaways at the end of uh, this, this segment. Uh, but start putting up your, your scores. I want to see what kind of scores you guys have because, Mike, Blaine, let's see how you did. Mike. Oh, I did pretty badly. Uh, I got 90 points, which was very much on the low end this week. Um, my strategy of going for Josie, thinking they were going to have a big game against Orlando, and so it didn't pick up Bella. Um, that horribly backfired. And, and the reason was I, I picked the wrong Toronto striker. Clearly, I, I did the wrong thing. I betrayed my hometown. I needed to have Patrick Mullins. I don't know what I was thinking. That would have been the key to everything. It would have been so much better. Patrick Mullins, the clear fantasy star from this past week. You know, th- that that's where it all went wrong for me. That's where it all went wrong. Um, but, I mean, you know, I, th- I kind of banked it a little bit more on the defense um, this week in part because I messed up and didn't get to my phone enough in time to swap out Cascante for a scrub to let in Pedro Santos's points. Um, but yeah, going in big defense was really bad this week because there was no clean sheets for anyone this week, which I think is the first time in years. I don't remember what the exact stat was, but um, really unusual for that to happen. So uh, yeah, I messed myself up with a few bad decisions, um, but at least Bear had a consolation goal to kind of help him because he was my captain uh, this week. So that that was pretty much it for positives for me. Blaine, what about you? Yeah, I got a 105 this week. Um, that's up about 30, 35 ranks from where I was last week overall. So um, overall, probably just a touch better than average on the top end. Um, wish I could have had more, but it was it is what it is. I was actually out most of the day Saturday because we took Lily to that game. Uh, pictures are coming, so everybody can see what she thought of her first game. So I didn't check the lineups and didn't try to do anything crazy, just let my team roll the way it was. Um, didn't get burned too bad by the TFC scoreline. I mean, Paz only got me four, which kind of hurt. Uh, but the rest of my midfield did fine. My my big hang-up was defense. I kept Gaddis in there, and he only got the two points. That one really hurt. Um couple of head-to-heads the opponent had Elliot in there which really hurt when you're having a bad defensive week if you get one of those guys that has a monster week you really benefit from it so yeah overall uh, not terrible I went with Bear as my captain as well so I mean really the best kind of safe pick you had from New York City I know there was a one better pick this week but I don't know anybody who went with him or or let alone captained him so um, can't complain too much there uh, as for myself, I, I had an okay week. I got 111 points, so uh, better than the average score. I think that's probably about average for some of the people in the higher levels. Uh, round rank 244, so uh, some people definitely, I think, hit maybe a little bit better on some of the defensive options than I did. Maybe maybe some midfield as well. Uh, so where I did well, I, I brought in Vela. I, I did also have uh, Bear, and I captained him, so I appreciate that. Uh, Vela would have been a little bit better, but Bear still got 14 for me, so so that was great. I had Ring, I had Ladero, I had Valeri. I made a swap from Morales to Ring when I saw that starting lineup, so uh, I caught that one, though somehow for the Show League fantasy game that, that Blaine, Mike, and I dabble in uh, from, from Twitter... Um, I, I missed the whole Tinner home not starting for for that fantasy uh, mm. element, so that that screwed me there. But didn't have him for this fantasy week because I had Sean Johnson in a keeper room, and I had that uh, plan to see what was going to happen with uh, the LAFC game if I needed that. But when I saw Johnson had seven points, I was like, you know what, that's close enough. I'm happy with that. Uh, my my big disappointment came on defense, of course. I, uh, I went with our friend Kyle's recommendation for defense, uh, the MLS fantasy boss behind the numbers article, because I wasn't really sure. Uh, and as Mike mentioned, we saw it pan out. There were no clean sheets. And from looking at this lineup, that was my big hangup, which maybe a lot of you listening tonight uh, also agreed with this. It was just, who in the world do I pick? This is, this is so weird. And so I just went with Kyle's recommendation. I know we all do things like that sometimes, but Cascante, uh, Bornstein from Chicago, and then Harvey. If, if I had been paying attention and I, w- I wasn't paying attention well enough because, uh, like I've seen some people in chat mention, and like Mike mentioned, I also had problems getting to my phone because I was at the 
Columbus versus FC Cincinnati game this weekend. And so when that game kicked off, I lost access to everything. So I couldn't really do any adjustments. But I didn't I didn't plan my uh, switcheroos right. And I, I meant to have a New York City or New York Red Bulls player in the field so I could make a, sw- a swap because I was going to add Segura onto my team. And that would have helped me a lot better to have a couple of, of those, of Harvey and Segura. But um, my bench was uh, Fabian Martinez and Struna. I made a late switch from Pedro Santos to Fabian, and uh, I saw him hit that screamer at the Columbus-Cincinnati game, and I was like, crap. But uh, not not too bad. 111 points. Pretty good. Uh, very competitive in our head-to-head league, but let's check over to chat real quick. Uh, you guys are doing awesome as well. I see a, a 112. Gotta scroll up a little bit. I uh, got 112 from Ted, 118 from Matt, 113 from Jojo. Hey, Jojo, uh, welcome to the chat. Uh, Jack got 98 points, super solid. Lots of the top players this week were even in, in the low 90s, so nothing wrong with that score. Uh, let's see here, we got Shannon as 93. Yeah, you're right around there with some of the of the, of the the experts. Jason Morris got a 98. So lots of, lots of solid scores. So if you're hearing these scores and you're listening on SoundCloud or tuning into this video later on, Totally solid. If that's the kind of week that you had, it's um, it's just it was just a strange week. Uh, let's go look at our head-to-head recaps real quick. I really liked this one. Okay, sorry, I had to go back and forth between my uh, my little my little rundown right here. So, Mike, you had a very close game with Ryan Anderson, MLS Fantasy Stats, ninety to one ten. That was that was a tough loss for you, eh? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I was winning until towards the end um, when his LAFC players came. <laughs> That's right, when they came on in force. Yeah. Uh, Blaine, you also had a an even more narrow loss to uh, Jason Seguini, I believe. Is that who it was? Uh, 109 to 105? No, 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 it was Jason Wiskovich. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a double derby right there. We had the fantasy and it was the SKC RSL week. Ooh, so tough. Yeah. Uh, then for myself, uh, I went up against our good friend Tim Shaw, and uh, I had a, a pretty good win for him, 111 over uh, to his 90. So I, I pulled out a win this week. I'm in the top 10 in our head-to-head league, so so that's that's pretty crazy. Uh, top score of this round goes to Ace Starflyer with 117 points, so a great score right there from Ace. Uh, but overall... Atop of the table still sits our our Patreon subscriber, our, our great Patreon friend, Sherry, with a record of 8-0-0. The only undefeated player still in the second half of the MLS Fantasy Insider hosts Head-to-Head Invitational League. I think it, that name's just going to keep getting longer maybe the rest of the season, so we'll see. But it's a great league. Moving down to our Patreon League, thank you guys. You finally got together, and now... There is only one, just like the Highlanders. Only one player is remaining who is undefeated in our Patreon League. 7-0-0 HG has the top, uh, thanks to Skiles, who has dropped to second place because he earned a tie this round. So that's how Patreon is looking up. It's, it's wild. It was a weird week. So let's start talking about some of these surprising moments and fancy takeaways. If you're listening and chat right now, start posting yours. I want to know what surprised you. Uh, what what you have as a takeaway and what you want us to comment about as we start discussing this week because uh, I want this to be focused on what everyone who is listening wants to hear. So Mike and Blaine, let's just start it out. Uh, Blaine, let you go first. Give me some of your surprising moments and uh, what are you are your key fancy takeaways from this past round? Um, first surprising moment is <laughs> Lily's talking at me. There we go. Uh, no, eight goals between Dallas and Minnesota. Yes. Um, that was not what I expected there. Both of those defenses have been looking pretty decent over the year. I mean, a 2-2 game here wouldn't have wouldn't have surprised me a whole lot because there's some heavy firepower. But, I mean, 5-3 for Dallas. I, I mean, I could see Minnesota putting up five, but I didn't know Dallas had it in them. So this is huge for that. Um, lots of options coming on strong in Dallas kind of got to pick the right week for the right player but they've got some really good potential there and minnesota going on the road and putting up three goals just goes to show how good that attack is so that's my first one i've got 
Mike, you want to throw something in? Um, I mean, for for me, um, it was more New York City's rotation, uh, and, and that's a big big fantasy story because New York City, I think, has three double game weeks coming up. So, you you know, you don't have to be a New York City homer like me to be interested in their rotation. Um, and, and for me, kind of the big takeaway from the past few weeks is that that team looks a little tired. Uh, and we saw even this week rotation. Maxi was rotated in Tinner home. Uh, and then in the game against Atlanta, Bear was rotated. So I think that's what we're going to see consistently out of New York City coming forward. Now, the rest of the double game weeks that we have, New York City have both home games. So, you know, the first the game, the midweek game and the weekend game are both at home. It may reduce the wear and tear and the rotation on them a little bit. But I think we're going to see the same things out of Nome, uh, and particularly at the spots that we saw, Abair for Tati, um, you know, try to keep get Keaton Parks on instead of Max Morales to try to keep Maxi as fresh as possible because he's um, really vital. We saw that in the Houston game. And, uh, you know, Tinnerholm is another player who's played a ton of minutes. Um, and, and all around you can see Viega get more minutes before he come in there, uh, maybe place a ring one, one time. But that's what you're going to see from from New York City and it's going to frustrate fantasy players because we're going to want both games and, and I don't know how many times we're going to see that with Domain managing a very schedule. So we've got uh, Matt and Ryan are both talking more about that Dallas-Minnesota game so I want to go back to that for just a quick second. Uh, Blaine mentioned the eight goals but let's not overlook Ethan Finlay who has been doing well these past three rounds. He's a great budget price fantasy-wise, and he's been getting much more involved, maybe more of the Ethan Finlay form that we saw from a couple of years ago. But uh, that's over on the Minnesota side. And so people don't want to forget, though, that there is still a cup race going on, too. So that's going to factor mm-hmm. heavily into what happens in Minnesota. On the Dallas side, though, yeah, we got Barrios with three assists, which is kind of crazy for me because Barrios has always been that player in fantasy for me where it seemed like if I pick him once or twice throughout the season, he may go off, he may not, but that's about all you could expect from him. And he's been doing much better now as he's one of the more primary focused guys. But Paxton Pomacall still coming on strong. We know that great story that he's building uh, of the quality and and the looks that he's getting. So uh, definitely two players moving forward to look at. I don't know about this week, though. Dallas does have a double game week. They're both on the road. I'm hoping that Blaine and Mike talk more about that later. But, yeah, I just wanted to add those couple more little little uh, bits right there about that, that Dallas game. I'm also going to throw in as a big surprise for me, uh, Bastian Schweinsteiger getting some offensive points this week. God has a goal, has an assist, not something that we've been seeing for a long time. And then adding to that surprise, if you go back through and look at his, at his points, he has two clean sheets before this round as well. So that's a great point average. He's a low price point could be a player that could see some rises coming up uh, with Chicago. So something to keep in mind right there, especially if he is going to be able to get forward a little bit more, maybe get involved in, in some of that offense. Um, see, uh, what? Chat, go ahead. Chat is stealing my next one. Um, TFC only putting up a goal at home against Orlando. Um, that's a big surprise right there. I think a lot of us expected Orlando to, or Toronto to come out and score a few more on them. Orlando hasn't been the greatest road defense all season. Um, for them to hold it to one is really good. Um, there's some guys in chat. I can't. I forgot. I lost the names. But asking if Paz is even worth it as a premium midfielder anymore, even at home. So that's a huge hit to the way they're playing right now. Um, quite frankly, I have not been that impressed with TFC lately. Um, it seems like if Paz and Josie are not on the same page the entire game, something's not not clicking right, and they're just not putting up the goals you would expect them to get. So. Yeah, definitely a team to keep an eye on down the stretch. They may be fading, or it may just be hit or miss, and you got to gamble on which weeks you've got. That question came from Bennett, so shout out to you for that question. And, you know, while it is a little bit weird to see them not uh, give up more to Toronto at home, uh, Orlando has actually, I think they've had a better road record than a home record at times during this season, so not completely crazy. And their defense has been pretty good. I mean, we... we, we have to remember like it's not 2018 um what, what o'connor has done really well is fix their defense um but i mean i think we all expected after a midweek game um a big rivalry game for them to go to toronto uh, a very long road trip uh, 
there would be a lot more, and it just wasn't there. And it's really been since his injury. Um, Pozuelo's only posted six, two, and four. Um, and I mean, you know, Red Bull's defense is tough, Orlando's tough, but it's still not, it's just not inspiring enough. So yeah, I mean, I kind of knocked him down too, as far as a premium mid. Uh, in my mind, there's just too many other midfielders who are a lot hotter than him right now. Okay, well, let's talk about some of our... Jump, oh, go ahead. Oh, I can jump in with my last and biggest surprise and fantasy takeaway. Uh, Lucho Acosta was benched. I mean, that's a premium midfielder uh, previously linked to a transfer to PSG as a Neymar replacement while he was injured, and now he's been benched in MLS. Um, and then DC comes out and scores two goals without him in the lineup. Um, huge turn. He may be expendable. They're... I mean, no Rooney, no Lucho, and DC puts up two goals. Um, lots of different fantasy takes there. Maybe they just got lucky against a kind of weak LA Galaxy defense that was playing on the road, or maybe some of these big names are just not quite clicking all the time. I know Rooney's always good for points, but Lucho's looked pretty awful most of the season. He started off kind of hot, and I've had him in draft all year. He was my number two overall pick, and he's done absolutely nothing for me down the stretch. I think the best I've gotten is four or five points on the matchups I played him in. So um, definitely a name to start fading. And now that he's benched, definitely one to avoid. But that's a lot of options for other guys like Ariola, who seems to really be stepping up and kind of carrying this team. I'm a little alt-tab happy. So if you do catch the video cooperating from time to time, you may see some some fun little, little Easter eggs there. <laughs> uh, let's move to some takeaways right now while uh, I've asked the question to chat uh, for specific questions they want us to hear talk about for round 23. Uh, some of the takeaways, I'm going to start up with the game that I was at live, Columbus versus FC Cincinnati, uh, the first official MLS Hell is Real Derby, not counting the USL game, not counting the preseason game of the Carolina Cup. First official game, it was wild, 2-2 score. The biggest hesitation I had about this going in, if you heard some of the things I was talking about throughout last week, was uh, FC Cincinnati has several new players, and they were planning on using a lot of them, and so you knew it was going to be this new-look team, uh, a new-look formation. How was that going to play against Columbus? Were they going to just bunker up? What was going to happen? And uh, so that, that made me cautious about this game, for picking Columbus players who I knew had, had been having a bit of, of an upside lately. And, and I think that that is sort of what we saw questionable PK call, no matter what Andrew Weeby says in his instant replay. Uh, and then a screamer for Pedro Santos. And FC Cincinnati did really well within those first, I think, 30 minutes of pressing. They were really looking for opportunities. They were controlling or at least getting into the midfield. And that went away near the end of the second half and at or end of the first half and at points during the, the second half. They just weren't good at containing the ball in the midfield. And in the great irony of everything, Adi was not in the 18. He he did not uh, do – he's just not in, in favor with the team. And Cincinnati has gotten much better at getting the ball wide down the field to the final third. They don't like to play in the middle at all, and now they're crossing it up. And I tell you what, Darren Maddox is not the guy you want to be crossing that ball up to. It's it's someone big and powerful like Adi, which is super ironic for me at this point that he is out of favor when now we're getting into better positions to cross him over. So my big fancy takeaway is I don't know if FC Cincinnati is uh, going to help much with points but uh, if this formation holds out they're doing more playing from the back they could be less bad than they were but big props to to Columbus for for that score right there do you guys want to add maybe a different take to FC Cincinnati or Columbus going forward or chat <laughs> This is two <clears throat> mediocre teams going out and battling for not to be last place, and a 2-2 result seems kind of... Yeah, I'm just kind of glad that the fans had fun. Hopefully it'll help spur the rap. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Uh, they did try to lock us into the visiting fan section, which I don't know if that's common within MLS for those of you who, who travel. But, uh, yeah, they told us that they were going to lock us in to the away fan section at the 80th minute mark for 30 minutes to give the the stadium time to clear out, which 
seemed really weird, especially since we just walked a little bit further down the bleachers to the next exit and walked out that way <laughs> instead. But uh, so that was pretty wild. But uh, so no, I mean that's that's a famous takeaway for me is is that maybe Cincinnati might not be as much of a punching bag. What else did you guys have for fantasy takeaways? Um, kind of a note on New England uh, going up to Seattle and getting a three-three uh, draw. I know Seattle has kind of had a little bit more injury problems, uh, especially on the defensive end. But still, that's a really impressive uh, result for them. Um, definitely a team to be taken seriously. Not part of the double game week this week, but uh, I think that's a big one. Uh, I think the other one is, I mean, we kind of talked about like Minnesota on the bad end, but I mean, Minnesota had a pretty good week um, winning the Open Cup match and getting to the finals, um, which I mean, took a lot out of, which is probably why Dallas was able to score so much. Um, I, I think Minnesota is is a good team, although the 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 star from their win is Toy, and you know, as we'll talk about, he's going to be facing a long suspension for spitting in a player's face, uh, which is unfortunate because he he's been hot. He's a cheap forward option, um, you know. So, so unfortunate for fantasy, but I mean, there's no way he can can't get a multi-game suspension. Um, so yeah, I, mean, I think Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, Minnesota is a team that I think we need to pay attention to. We mentioned Finley, uh, but just in general, I think they, they're kind of a bit more on the upswing, and their defense has been a little bit better, last game notwithstanding. Uh, we got a great question here in chat. It comes from Bennett Tucker, and Bennett wants to know, uh, at what point do you not captain Vela? Is it when he is only on a single game week and there were other double game week options? Because that's what happened this week, and he still managed to outscore the highest double game week captain options this week. So how do you guys, what's your fantasy takeaway for when to captain Vela? <clears throat> so for this week, I think it was weird. One, because Houston was so bad. Um, so I mean, we really, for fantasy-wise, only had one double game week team. Um, and most of your main players for the double game week all got rotated. Bear, Maxi Morales, those were our two captain picks. Both of those didn't start. And they came pretty close to, um, I don't remember what Maxi ended up with, but I, I think if Maxi had played both games, I think he would have passed Vela's numbers. Um, so I think that's your scenario. If if Vela's on a single game week and everyone else is, um, or there's not a whole lot of double game week teams, you have some bad choices, then you kind of think about captaining Vela. Um, but, you know, like this week I think is maybe a little bit different because you have a lot more choices to pick from. Um, so, I mean, I don't have Vela captain this week. Then again, I'm bad this year, so maybe you should not take my advice on that. But I, I think that's in general to look at. I mean, Vela is pretty clearly like he'll beat bad double game week. Yeah, and on that, I, you look at the dream team this week. Ladero had 14, Gil had, or Ladero had 15, Gil had 14, um, Vela had a 17. I mean, that's the dream team right there. And then you add Barrios and Finley, who are lesser known guys that were cheaper, and they got 15 and 13 themselves. Um, Abear getting 14 isn't a terrible result on the double game week. Um, it was kind of a safer pick than some of the others because what happens if Vela doesn't get that penalty kick goal? I mean, what happens if Gil doesn't get to take that last penalty kick in Seattle? What happens if Heel. one of those uh, Seattle, you know, whatever. Uh, what happens if Ladero... Abear had a ton of chances he whiffed, like, uncharacteristically whiffed on him. And then he puts a gorgeous goal against Atlanta, which we didn't need. <laughs> it was one of those. So I say all this, that there's there were some fortunate plays in all of these games for some of the other names that scored about the same. If you went with Bear instead of Vela, you lost three points total for the round. If you had Vela in your lineup, that is, you lost three points total for the round. That was the difference in their score, and that's what you didn't get the double on. So, I mean, it's it's not bad. It was kind of a safety play. Um, on these double game weeks, I will typically go with the safety play and start a double game week captain instead of taking a single game week guy, unless the teams are just awful. If it had been... Uh, Cincinnati and Columbus on the double game league this week, yeah, I probably would have Captain Vela or one of these other guys because I don't trust any of those players to really go out and get the regular average score. But when you've got a team like New York playing two games, you kind of got to go with one of their guys. Morales was definitely my number one pick, 
Bear was kind of the safety play, and it wasn't all bad. So I think this week is another one of those, like Mike said, there's enough options that you don't need to Captain Bella. There's going to be somebody out there who's probably going to have a better week. Yeah, and to get to your question specifically again, Bennett, I, I think that, uh, like Mike said, this definitely was the weird round. Houston didn't have the greatest lineups. I don't like double away teams usually in general. And with, with New York, with that heavy rotation due to this congested schedule they have coming up, that definitely made it strange for your uh, double game with captain options. And whenever you have just two to four, maybe six, but at least when you have two to four double game week teams, those single game week guys definitely are much more in the picture, especially when it is someone of the caliber of Vela. So um, it, it was it was just part of the, the hashtag because MLS element to this week. And then Jack N has the question about uh, should we go without Vela this week? Jack, we'll get to that in our uh, following segment about round 24 for sure so uh, we have that other news i want to talk about at least two more pieces before we move on to our housekeeping um we're going to start to do petke we had petke at the beginning as a little joke tease intro uh but petke is gone how big of an impact do you guys think that's going to have on real salt lake for the conclusion of the season or are they just going to be able to go on autopilot and do what they're going to do fantasy wise um, I, I think you'll see more of the same from which is inconsistency. I mean, they were an inconsistent team with Pecky. Maybe that's because of his mercurial attitude. Uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, but, I mean, you look at the lineup. I, I mean, I don't know about too much about the interim coach other than he's from the academy. Um, maybe he'll inspire him. You know, I, I just don't see a whole lot of change in RSL, at least for the positive. I, I, I expect that we have seen is inconsistent which is they'll beat teams that they're supposed to beat and then lose to the teams so i don't, I don't see that being any change i think they're a solid middle of the tack, pack team that they'll be fighting for a playoff spot that they may or may not make it yeah, they probably will based on points so far but um so i mean i think you you kind of for fantasy wise i think you say take the same approach because when they have a good matchup at home you take when they're on the road you don't take them once I think we should go. I think we should push for Kyle Becker minute just to be the coach. I mean, he's been there long enough. Can we just do, <laughs> can we do Warsh, that? I'll push for that. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm down for that. Let's let's do the Bobby thing and let's go Kyle Beckerman. I, mean, I guess Ramondo could do it too. They could do it. Team coach, just let like dual coaches, Ramondo and Beckerman. That's that's what we're gonna go for. That's what we're gonna go for. I'm just waiting for Christ. Ramondo needs a new job next year anyway. See, there we go. It fits perfectly. Uh, the other bit I want to talk about before I throw Ramondo it. Take Sporting Kansas City's job. Well, that, that job will probably open up. Oh, see, Blaine walked away when I made that comment. No, oh, no, I had the headphones on. I heard it. <laughs> he knows. Uh, he knows Ramondo his shame. Rebuild Sporting Kansas City. <laughs> okay, the last thing I want to mention, though, is uh, San Jose. Not San Jose. Um, I, I was said San Jose because I was thinking of Quincy Ameriqua, who is no longer at San Jose. He's now at D.C. But uh, Quincy Ameriqua getting into the, the psyche, in the mind of the LA Galaxy players, that that was so enjoyable. But uh, but let's just talk about how easy it was to seem to to get Zlatan off his game. How do what do you guys think about uh, is Zlatan going to even bother trying unless it's a playoff? I I don't know if it necessarily has to be a playoff, but Zlatan has to think that it's a big game. So you know we saw against LAFC, he showed up that game. Um, a game against DC um, without Wayne Rooney, meh. So that's going to be kind of the difficult thing to to, to balance with lots. I do hope we get some more Quincy Ameriqua, if if nothing else, just to to see if each week he can get into people's minds because that was that was fun. And for those of you listening who may not know some of the history of the show, uh, three or four years ago we did have Quincy on our show as a guest and chatted for a while. So he has a particular special place in the hearts of those of us on uh, MLS Fantasy Insider. Uh, let's see here. That's that's what I had as my main takeaways. Is there, are there any other takeaways, Mike, that you and Blaine want to mention or anybody else over in, in chat? Let us know. Are there any other fantasy takeaways that we missed or that things you want to hear talk about? 
I will take that silence as no. So yeah, that was round 23. Strange round, interesting happenings, but now we're getting back to business as usual for what most of this year has been with the double game weeks. Let's start talking about round 24. Going down to our housekeeping section, our Patreon housekeeping section. Round 24 starts Wednesday, August 14th. That's just uh, basically two days away if you're listening to this tonight or if you're tuning in on Tuesday. Well, that's tomorrow, everybody. Wednesday, August 14th at 7.30 p.m. with Orlando versus Sporting Kansas City. Uh, for the double game week teams, we've got a bunch. We have, of course, Orlando, Sporting Kansas City, Minnesota with a double home game, Colorado with a double away game, Real Salt Lake with a double home game, Seattle with a double away game, the LA Galaxy with a double home game, Dallas with a double away game, good guess, and then finally Portland has a double home game and Chicago just has a double game week. So those are the double game week teams that we have. Some pretty good options here, I have to say, uh, and, and interesting with some of the teams who are having double away games this week, coming off some big scores this this past round. I'm interested in seeing how you guys value some of those players. As far as teams on a buy, well, there's nobody on a buy. So if you're looking for a good switcheroo candidate, I'm actually going to recommend Atlanta this week. They've got a cheap keeper option, a cheap defender option, and a cheap forward option. So I think with those options there, you should be able to have a switcheroo set up that will let you take advantage of, uh, of any extra budget that you have. And plus, they're playing the last game of the round, so you should have plenty of time to react if you want to make changes throughout the round. So that's all that I have, unless you guys have something to add. Uh, do we have an Open Cup update, Mike, before the injury report? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do a few extra competition updates because there, there's a few going on. Uh, Voyager's Cup is still going on. Uh, I think the second leg of the semifinals is this week. Um, that involves uh, Toronto and Montreal, but not Vancouver because Vancouver's already been eliminated. Uh, Open Cup, Atlanta and Minnesota won, so they will play the final, which I believe is sometime in September, so we have a little while. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the most important competition this week is, you guessed it, another meaningless game against the Liga MX team. Atlanta United plays in the Campeones Cup, uh, I believe, against Club America. Um, so Atlanta, you know, because they played a double game week, you know, Open Cup last week, they get to play another midweek game. Uh, I don't know how much uh, they'll be rolling out as far as A-plus lineups, but Atlanta's at least so far in the press been talking a big game and that they care a lot, a lot about this game. So that might be uh, something to pay attention to because their sec their uh, weekend game is against Portland, a team I think we'll be talking a lot as far as picks for a double game week. Uh, on the injury front, uh, I don't see too much um, other than Toy uh, had a suspension. Uh, Brian Fernandez, uh, we talked about earlier, uh, missed the game. I haven't seen uh, a status update on that. And I, I think that's really about it for the double game week teams. Um, I haven't been able to find any yellow card suspensions. Um, but, you know, as I always say, they don't update that. I know, like, Ladero is on um, some other players probably worth throwing out. Kihi, Leardom, Nuhu. Um, so a lot of Vancouver players, or excuse me, Seattle players. Uh, on that list, uh, Beckman, Sacedo, RSL are on the list, Morea and Mabiala for Portland, and then uh, Polenta and Fabio Alvarez for uh, the Galaxy, Jesse Gonzalez for FC Dallas. And those are just players all on warning, um, so something to keep in mind. Um, just kind of double check that list, MLS updates it maybe before the round, um, but that's your best kind of watch on warning. But I don't think there's a whole lot of known injuries other than Yeah, I think that covered a lot. There were a crazy number of, of yellow cards, so perhaps we'll keep track of the yellow cards next year. Uh, we had some great conversations going on the side in chat when Mike was going through his list, and lots of people are pretty sad about uh, Quincy Ameriqua no longer having his beat Quincy League, which when he was at Chicago, he used to run with Fantasy. So uh, go ahead and tweet at Quincy Ameriqua and tell him, man, you should. You had a, a great game last night, and I think it would be great if you brought back your, your, fantasy, your Fantasy League. That was super fun. So let's see if we can get a, a beat Quincy League going for next season. I think that would be fun. Yeah. Heck, maybe we'll do it with him. <laughs> 
All right, let's get on to our round 24 ESPN Plus preview, talking about what's coming up in MLS Fantasy for this double game week. So first, the two questions, which I have having have been having as usual, yet I think Mike and Blaine always forget about them. Uh, who do you think is going to be uh, a player that you can just hard pass on for this round, and which game is going to be your fantasy match of the week? Blaine. You would start with me. We could go to Mike instead. <laughs> yeah, please do. Mike. All right. Hard pass. Um, I think the hard pass team is uh, Sporting Kansas. Um, they they have to go to Orlando, and then they have their home against San Jose. That's a tricky team. I, I don't like either of those matchups for them. Um, I'm kind of fine with the other players. Um, I mean, just in general, I'm, I don't have any Chicago Fire players. Um, at Portland and then home against the Philadelphia Union is a pretty rough stretch. Um, I don't have any Colorado players because two um, road games in Houston will finally have its contingent back together unless there's an additional suspension. Or uh, was it Kyoto who got the red card against New York City? I think it was. But um, Houston will probably be full stretch. I don't think Colorado will do much other than maybe bunker against them. So um, those are the kind of teams I'm avoiding this week. Okay, Blaine, you can't get out of it now. I, re I remembered my hard pass. My hard pass this week is Brian Fernandez with Portland. He just came off of a week where I had him for show league. I thought he was going to be a great lock for that one. Ended up having to make the switch as I was walking to my car to above with C because I had that game. I didn't have time to switch it out, and so I ran with it. But, yeah, with Brian Fernandez missing games pretty consistently, I have to doubt his double game with viability this week. 60-1 um, and one and 90 in the other is probably the best we could hope for. Um, if I see him start the Chicago game, I would highly doubt he would sit for, for that Atlanta game, but I just I don't trust him. And with that last game being the last game of the round, I mean, there's not even a chance to put in a, a cheaper option to see that second score. Um, maybe you like him, but I just can't risk that money on a double game week for somebody like him. And what is your game of the week? Yeah, game of the week. I really like RSL Seattle for that first one. I think this really? is the one where Seattle's. I, I really think this is one where we're going to see a lot of scoring, and I think Seattle's going to kind of come out guns blazing in that one. That's one of those road upsets I could see taking the early part of the week and really doing some damage. And some more Harry Ship goals? Uh, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see about that. Uh, Mike, did you say your your game? I was I was talking in chat. Uh, I don't think so. Um, I, I do like that Portland Chicago game for Portland, um, but I'm kind of looking at the Seattle and Galaxy games. I think like all of those games are going to be kind of high scoring. Uh, all of those teams have kind of struggled defensively or have some key injuries, so I can kind of see those games devolving into. Okay, okay, that's fair. All right, let's get on to the player picks. Uh, so for those of you listening in chat, go ahead. If you have questions about round 24, go ahead and start posting those, and I will try to ask them to the guys as we are going through our <coughs> player picks. You ready there, Mike? I am ready. All right, then let's start out with keepers, defenders, and shutouts. Blaine. Yeah, this is week's really tough to predict shutouts. Um, I don't like many of the ones I see for potential shutouts. Um, and I decided not to pick based on potential shutouts this week, which is normally what I do. And so my team looks a little different. From um, I'm going to start with a keeper. I, I filled in the rest of my team, saw which teams I had three players from and who I could afford keeper-wise. And I actually went with Stefan Fry this week as my keeper. I know it's two road games. I don't like the shutout chances, but seeing who he's playing, he should face quite a few shots. He's known for good saves. Might as well go with it. He's one of the cheaper options. Um, I like the guy like um, Clark or um, Minnesota's keeper, but they were just one to two million higher on price, and I just couldn't justify it this week. Uh, instead, I went with a couple of other uh, safer options. Uh, Dotson for Minnesota is at 6.3. 
which is more than I would normally spend. And then Cascante for Portland is at 5.9, which is again, a little more than I would normally try to spend on a week like this. But I think both of those guys have really good cha uh, chances. And with the double home games, it's huge. And then I went looking for a cheaper option that I could just plug in and go. And that ended up being Abdul Salam at 4.9 for Seattle. Uh, so I've got doubled up on Seattle defense right now. And that's just because I was pulling attackers from these other teams and really didn't want to try to double up too much in the back there. Mike, what about you? Um, so I have, I have a very different look. Um, I basically went with home players for the defense. So I start in keeper uh, Abenone from uh, Minnesota, and then I have Coleman also from Minnesota. Um, who's 4.6. I'm, I'm not sure if he's a lockdown starter. He's definitely one I'm going to make sure um, to check the lineups of, but he's 4.6 right now, so uh, I'll swing it. Uh, I have invested a lot of money right now in Vlad Varsel, um, who's putting up some pretty good bonus point numbers, so um, I don't see a whole lot of clean sheet shouts for, for RSL this week. Like I said, I think there's a lot of goals, but I think Vlad uh, could get involved a little bit and just pick up some bonus points to, to make it worth it. <clears throat> I also have Steras from the Galaxy 5.4, pretty cheap way into um, their defense, two home games. Uh, and then I have Valentin from, uh, from Portland, uh, 5 million. Again, I kind of have to check the lineup um, because of Portland's rotation, which we, we kind of mentioned earlier. But, um, yeah, I mean, two home games, and I think they have a great chance uh, against Chicago. Um, and, and we'll see how, how, how Atlanta does with the midweek game, too. So... Um, that's a pretty long road trip on uh, a short week for Atlanta. So uh, I think Portland, with their defensive capabilities, may may frustrate Atlanta a little bit. So at least get, it gives them a chance, and at home, I'll, I'll take the risk. Yeah, I think you're right, Mike, looking at some of the, the budget defender players. That could really be uh, worthwhile this weekend. Uh, for myself, though... Reed, uh, Reed, push oh, talk. I hit the wrong push-the-talk <laughs> button. Uh, I, I hit the back button on my mouse instead of the forward button on my mouse, and that's why my screen is doing crazy things. <laughs> so let me try that again. Uh, Mike, I think you're right to be looking at some of the budget players for your defense. Uh, I, I think you can split it, though. I think a lot of us have, have decent enough budgets where we can look at uh, taking some of the high-priced guys, maybe not as many high-priced guys. For me, I was a big fan of the Minnesota defensive unit as a whole. Uh, Manone, I think you're right, is, is a, a great pick. I see your your point, Blaine, about him being expensive, 7.8. But I think with that game against Colorado and game against Orlando, I, I think it's one of the better ones that we'll see this round. Um, uh, you, you could look at, at Portland as another option with uh, Chicago and Atlanta, but I mean, their 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 goalkeepers not that much cheaper. Maybe maybe one point one million yeah, cheaper I for think Clark. It's seven point eight and seven point seven for those two. Yeah, so so you've got those as some options. I think they've got a good uh, defensive lineup as well, but I could see people maybe being tempted on getting some of the more offensive players for Portland, which is why I don't have uh, two of those people in my my lineup. Uh, for me, though, like I, I like um, uh, Viafania, I like Sterez as well. Uh, I'm dabbling with Bastian Weinsteiger on my bench for some maybe potential price rising, uh, but uh, I think some of the other options you guys have mentioned from the budget side uh, are also very solid. And, and I agree, this is not a round that I'm looking at for uh, bonus points. Or sorry, not bonus points, for clean sheets. Of course bonus points. We all want bonus points every week right there uh checking chat real quick i'm not seeing much uh about defense uh, we got from jack in after last week's subpar defensive performances smart to go with three at the back i think that's exactly <coughs> right uh exactly right jack i think you go with three at the back with one scrub put a switcheroo on your your bench and let that fourth defensive player there in your starting lineup just be the general switcheroo for maybe even having a three-man bench to see who you want to have have rotate in. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's exactly what Three in the back is normal for me. Use a couple of switcheroos if you want to try to get a few more defenders and maximize points, but I never have more than three in my starting lineup. 
And then Ryan's also adding that he is not convinced that Dotson will start as he hasn't been there for a few games prior to the weekend. So definitely just check the lineup, as always, for some of those guys on the fringes. Let's move over to midfielders now, though. Mike. All right, so I went pretty expensive um, in the midfield. My only, uh, my cheaper options was uh, Alvarez from LA Galaxy, who's been pretty consistent, 7.7. And then I have uh, Ethan Finley, who we talked about. You know, he's coming off on my bench as part of my switch. Um, he's been really good recently, um, 9 and 13 in the last few, uh, few games. Uh, I tend to think that the return of Molino has kind of helped for him. Um, but even so, you look at his points before that, they're too shabby. You know, 9 against Montreal, 10 against, F- uh, against FC Cincinnati. So he's definitely got the potential, and at 7.9, I'm worth to take a risk. And, you know, they're playing Colorado and Orlando at, at home. Um, I think those are some decent matchups for him. For him. Uh, and then the big spenders are, are going to be no surprise. I have Valeri, I have Savarino, and I have Madera. Um All three... Um, except for Ladero at home. Um, and, I mean, L- Ladero has just been such a consistent player. I, I think he's pretty much must-have. Same with Valeri and Savarino, pretty close to that status as well. So that's what I did for midfield. Blaine. Yeah, interesting. We overlap a little bit. I think Ladero and Valeri are kind of must-haves this week if you can budget them in. I know Ladero's got the double road game, but that's still... Um, he's still that strong of a player. You need him in there. And then Finley at that price with the production, two home games, you'd be stupid not to take him. Yeah, I'll say it that way. I think everybody should have him in their lineup. 7.9 frees up a lot of budget for other premium players. And this is a week you can really load up. Um, I'm going to take advantage of Jonathan Dos Santos being at 9.1 right now with the double home game. I think this is a week he can really kind of break out and make – um, make use of that former premium status he had and show you that he still got it. So I think I'll run the risk there. And then I I disagreed with Mike a little bit. I've got Felipe Gutierrez in my lineup right now. He's probably going to get relegated to the bench, but he is taking penalty kicks for Kansas City. The way they're playing right now, they have gotten quite a few penalties in the last few weeks. He scored this. I think that's the first one he's missed all season. <clears throat> Um, and that was against Ramondo and he banged it off the post trying to beat him wide and Ramondo guessed the right way. So um, I, there could be some head games going on there. But um, given the two opponents, I just see he's got a decent potential and a decent bonus point generation chance that I'll take him at that price. So I threw that question about Ladero out to chat. A little bit of pushback coming in. Uh, we've got Christian saying uh, that Lodi not a must-have when on a yellow card Warning, And then we have Kyle that comes in and says, uh, I would back Seattle and Lodi on the road if the back line starts looking like the number one choices again. Uh, so that's a nice question I, I want to put up to you guys. Does the quality of the back line for a team help you feel more confident in going with some of those offensive options? I'm assuming the connection is knowing that they won't have to feel pressure to track back to help on defense. Yeah, I mean, a good defense helps um, offense a lot, you know, in terms of, especially in terms of getting possession further up the field uh, and getting those turnovers and be able to, to start your attack into space. Um, you know, and I, th- I mean, also for a midfielder, you, it's not a huge deal, but, you know, getting a clean sheet point um, can, uh, it can make a difference in some matches. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the, a lot of good offenses depend on on a good defense, so it certainly does. Uh, for me to add in there, I've got a lot of the same coverage as these guys have mentioned. I've got Valeri, I've got Savarino, I have Finley on my bench, I have Alvarez. Alvarez for me is is a maybe right now. Um, thought about JDS, but I mean, he's Alvarez is a guy that I could shave some money off. I don't have Ladero right now, and some of that is because I am looking at that double away game. And I'm not so sure, but his quality is undeniable, so I that I could be swayed. But I've got Nani right now, just because Sporting Kansas City has not been on point, and uh, Minnesota did allow some goals, uh, five goals to be exact, uh, last week with with Dallas. So uh, Nani's a, a quality player right there, so I could see him doing pretty well. And with the team that I had built at that point, 
8.2 uh, still fit into the budget that I have. So some of my, my options could change. Uh, but we have a question in chat that talks about Valeri versus Blanco. And that, I think, is is a conversation that's gone back in fantasy for at least two years because Blanco is always right there, right behind Valeri, and it sometimes has numbers that make you think he might be the one to really go with. Are either of you guys tempted by Blanco over Valeri? Probably not, since you've already put Valeri in your team, so let me phrase it a different way. Uh, would you be tempted to have Valeri and Blanco in your team? I always get burned when I take Blanco. He never performs for me like I expect him to. So he's just one of those guys that I've blacklisted and just forget he exists and deal with it. Um, but no, um, I don't think you can really make the Valeri versus Blanco compare or debate a thing during a double game week. Valeri's just proven time and time again his consistency is what keeps him there. And on a double game week, I think you've got to go with that consistency that he shows. Now, if you're one of those people that are worried about Ladero with the yellow card warning and everything else, Blanco versus Ladero with the double home game for Blanco is a is a great debate, and I could probably be swayed to take both Valeria and Blanco, depending on how the rest of my roster shapes out and who else I have. And yeah, um, I'd take them both, but I would never take Blanco over Valeria on a double game week. Uh, we had a question that came in on Reddit. I think you've answered this before, Mike, so I'll let you answer it at this point. We've talked a lot about these double game week players, and we had a question that asked about how price rises work for double game week players. Mike, you want to take that? Yeah, so what happens is there's only one price, but if the average will take an effect in both games. So what will happen, so you can't get like a 1.0 price rise you can only get a 0.5 a negative 0.5 um because it only gets it's only one once but you do get both scores added in so that'll play some 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 have some big impact on the three game act and it would screw people up for the double game weeks is that if a player only plays you know gets rotated for one of the games and gets a one even if they had a great game the game before and they get a great score that week, they're going to get a price reduction because they have a one score and that's going to throw their average and almost certain. So that that's what's kind of going on in that, and that's kind of one of the risks and one of the issues with prices um, this year is that it's not very friendly for double game week teams because even if you're doing the smart moves for double game week, it can it can burn you because of rotations. Rotations are punished heavily. I mean, like that, like the worst thing to happen in this game for this price system is be substituted on. Like red cards, you know, is like I think this the most worst, the absolute worst thing. But just below that is like being a substitute. Like that will destroy your average, destroy your budget, um, which really sucks with this year because so many teams are dealing with so much schedule congestion everyone ha pretty much has to rotate and unless you know you're just avoiding any of the players who have been <laughs> playing you know you don't really have a choice so that that's kind of the downside of this and something i hope that they fix ben bear if you're listening <laughs> uh well thanks a lot for some of those questions we're going to move on to forwards right now i know he has a few more questions in chat hold on to those we'll talk more uh after the recording's over uh, with guys in chat, so keep your questions in mind. Let's move on to forwards now. Blaine, who are you thinking? Um, the only forward I have on the field at the moment is Zlatan. Um, double home game, really hard to bet against him. Um, after that, I didn't... I said Fernandez is my is my must-avoid this week. I think there's a little too much rotation risk. I don't know if he's pick, picked up an injury or what. He wasn't in the 18, so I've got to count him out. Rui Diaz playing double away um, just doesn't do it for me, and he's had some injuries lately. Kind of left me kind of scraping at the next level, and um, Ryan will correct me if I'm wrong, but I like Quintero from uh, Minnesota if he's healthy and ready to go. Um, I think at 9.1, it's hard to pass up the double home game there. And then I've also got Kai Kamara in there, and both of those guys are on the bench. Um, take the higher of the two scores. I like there's upside there for both of them. Kamara has been getting goals this season. Um, so, yeah, just kind of a, a shotgun approach with a couple of the cheaper options and see what happens. Mike? 
Um, so for me, I do have Brian for now. Uh, I am kind of concerned uh, about the rotation. He did pick up an injury. Um, my kind of thing, I think it was like, um, like a bruise to the thigh is what Portland had said. So I'm going to kind of go with Portland just felt like they could rest him against Vancouver and is saving him for this. We'll see if that's what actually happens or not. Um, for me, I, I'm kind of okay with the forward options to me are kind of weak this week. So if I do, if we don't get Portland's lineup in time, um, I'm kind of okay with just putting it out single game player, you know, if, if that's what happened. Um, I also have Zlatan. In, in, um, I don't have um, him on my team. I am interested in Corey Bates. Uh, 4.8 from RSL. Um, he seems to be getting more playing time under this info. Um, his last three games he started, whereas he wasn't starting for Pecky. So I could see him as a player who might benefit from the change. Um, I don't know how confident I am in, in him, but you know that that's kind of an option as you know maybe maybe a backup if if we get the Fernandez news. Okay, and I'll throw and I'll throw out uh, at least one more option for uh, for people to think about. Um, saw some conversation about Colorado in chat. In general, not huge on a lot of Colorado players. I think Blaine mentioned Kai as an option, but if you if you're looking for a cheaper player that can come off your bench, uh, you can look at Shin Yashiki, and I think he's a guy that uh, he's been been getting some some minutes. And he's been getting some goals, and at six point three. If you don't want to go heavy into these big names that have been mentioned, if you want to move more of that money into your midfield, I think he's an easy guy that you can throw in there and just see what happens. Two shots on the road, Minnesota and Houston. It'll be an interesting road trip for them, to say the least. But otherwise, yeah, I think Zlatan is is more of a lock this week. Let's talk, uh, let's talk Vela. You guys didn't mention him, so you are going to say... This double game week has enough options that Vela is not a must-have and you can easily pass him and not worry too much about him outscoring a double game week player. Is that fair? Yeah, so Vela, so there are a few things. Um, first, there's a lot more teams, um, even though I don't like the whole lot of, a lot of the forward. Um, that, that's something to consider. Um, second, Vela's on the road, and he's on the road at RS. Um, one of the few LAFC losses this year was at Colorado, another altitude. Altitude games are a little bit different. I'm not sure if that loss against Colorado was just, you know, coming off an international break loss or not, but um, I'm a little bit... I, I think road games in altitude tend to be tougher, so I'm not necessarily in love with that matchup for... Um, so, yeah, I don't have him. And the other thing is, like, he's 14 million so if i can cut him and put that money into midfield options and do that that's kind of where my head yeah um i go with personal experience here sporting plays that kind of rough style against lafc and they've been able to hold vela in check for the most part he doesn't have the big tear him up games and even the start of this season when sporting's defense was a little stronger they ran a pretty high press and really targeted him for some fouls. And that's the way RSL can play as well. And I would expect RSL to come out and play that way against LAFC at home. Uh, make the game chippy, chip at uh, Bella as much as possible, clip him, clip him from behind a few times, make him feel that they're coming after him that game. And Bella does, I won't say he cracks under pressure, but that does disrupt his game quite a bit, disrupts the flow he has. And that can hold him down. So I think this is one of those, a road game and the opponent really hurt Vela's chances on this. Like I said, I've got uh, Quintero and Kamara as my two uh, bench options, and I'm seeing what happens there. So my lineup this week is kind of wide open to take a single game week um, forward that I think is going to have a monster game. And I don't have Vela this week because I just don't like the matchup. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. Uh, before we move on to captain picks, I want you guys to take a quick second. I've seen this in chat a couple times, saw it on, on Twitter. Uh, are there any single game week options that you would consider uh, before any of the double game week options for this round? Not before any double game week options. There may be a couple of fallbacks that I look at. 
I think your midfield's too stacked. Um, maybe a forward, but I just I don't see the consistency from the single game week forwards that I would. I think you. Yeah, I mean, right now I would definitely keep out all the double game week players. Um, I mean, New York City plays as Cincinnati, so you could probably throw in an AB, um if if you're getting in, in trouble. Um, maybe the New England Revolution. I mean, they're on the road at the Red Bulls. The, the Revs have been putting up goals recently, and the Red Bulls have been so I, I can see that as an option. All right, well then let's go out on uh, our captain picks. Um, Blaine, who are you thinking? Uh, I've currently got it on Zlatan. I know there's people that are talking in chat Ooh. right now about him being blacklisted, and Mike said he's not he's not in his team currently, and that's where my captain's armband sits. So this is going to be an interesting round. Wait, no, I, I have Zlatan. I didn't have Vela. Oh, you didn't have Vela. I thought you said yeah, you didn't I, have Zlatan in your lineup. I, I, I got Zlatan. I have yeah, I mean, two, two home games, I don't think he can not have Because, I mean, he's just going to put up the shots. Even though he didn't score this week, he just put up a bunch of shots. Uh, but for me, I have the armband on Vol- Super consistent. I really like that Chicago matchup. So, and, and I think if Atlanta on a, you know, uh, Eastern Conference trip after a midweek game might, might have some good possibilities for Portland. So, uh, I have it on Valeri. Uh, and I agree with Mike. I also have it on Valeri. Um I don't know, Brian Fernandez would be tempting if there wasn't some of that nagging injury concern, even though if he was going to play. So, yeah, I think Valeri is is one of the safer picks. And it fits with my natural tendency to want to get those those great creative uh, midfielders who have lots of opportunities for bonus points. So that's where I also fall. All right, well, that's all that we have for the show tonight. If you're still with us in chat, thank you so much. The 20-some people who are still here, we'll keep talking after the show, but let's wrap up right now for everybody else uh, listening to us right now, streaming on the podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, with our plugs, Blaine. Uh, nothing from me this week. Mike. Uh, follow at MLS Injury News, um, especially those yellow card accumulations. Send it to me because MLS doesn't update it, so if I can get that information from you all, that's a big and, of course, you can find everything I do over at MLSFantasyBoss.com, as well as Trey and uh, Kyle, who like to write some articles for us with Captain Picks and with the Behind the Numbers articles. Uh, check those out. I have my, my stats and over there in the podcast. Uh, also, please subscribe to my fantasy newsletter. And if you have suggestions for what you want to see the weekly topic to be, send those over to me, email, Twitter, anything like that. Love to get the ideas. Love to have articles that focus on what people want to hear. So uh, I probably won't be on the radio this week because of the double game weeks, but I am also frequently on Sirius XM with Jason Davis, the United States of Soccer. Check that out for uh, Sirius FC. Otherwise, uh, check out the Discord channel over at MLSFantasyBoss.com and the subreddit community. Those are two fantastic places to go and get tips and advice as you are tinkering with your team. So fantastic resources. Nobody listening right now should go without. So thank you so much, and good luck.